Hey guys, it's Becca from YGSSG. Uh, just letting you guys know that these next two episodes are going to sound a little bit different because we are recording them on Zoom during the quarantine. Um, so sorry about the audio quality, but we obviously wanted to have content out for you guys. Uh, we miss you, and we love you, and we can't wait to see you when all this is over. Alright, uh, enjoy the app. Hello, and welcome to an episode of Youth Group Survivor Support Group. Normally, at this point in an episode... I would be making sillies with my voice and I would be pretending to be some kind of weird youth pastor of some kind. And this is Dylan, by the way, this is not Charlie or Becca. I know our voices all sound the same, but, but uh, we're very different. Um, but I wanted to take a break from the normal silliness and trust me, we will get to being ourselves, but this is important. So we're releasing this in the midst of this uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And I have seen a lot of things over the past two or three weeks that have been very frightening. And I'm sure a lot of you out there are very frightened as well. And you don't know what's going to happen. And you might be stuck at home and you might feel alone or isolated and your anxiety or your depression might be kicking into overdrive and really sending you into some spirals right now. And uh, I just want to say that we at YGSSG are here and we are here for you as well. We're, we're not going anywhere. Uh, we made a promise to each other that we weren't going to stop recording. We're not in the same room. We're, we're obeying the law <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> um, we're, we're, we're taking every precaution, but we think it's important because we survived our experiences as a youth and then a, a sickness won't stop us either. We're going to survive this. And the only way we can do that is together. So don't stop creating. Don't stop living just because things get hard. And I know that's easy to say, but um, we love our audience. We really do. You guys are great. You guys reach out and you've got so many great stories and you're all beautiful and wonderful and i love each and every one of you um now for the rest of you uh that i've had the displeasure of being around i have a special message for you <laughs> if you think for one moment that you're behaving like christ as you rapidly grab every last fucking piece of toilet paper and hand sanitizer off the shelves, then fuck you straight in the asshole. Fuck you. I hate seeing you out. I hate hearing every doddering old fool turn to me and say, this is ridiculous. I know you shouldn't be out. Go back fucking to your house. Stay home. And if you are staying home, good for you. An old dog can learn new tricks. Good job. I'm so proud of you for doing the bare minimum. Okay. Also, if you think it's Christian of you to hoard things, may I point you to love your neighbor as yourself. I don't think loving your neighbor includes keeping your neighbor from having things. And that is the extent of that. In the meantime, if you know anyone who is in the service industry that is not considered essential personnel, I encourage you to find out how you can donate money to them while they are being laid off. Uh, a lot of them can be Venmo. There are links online that send you to donating to wait staff who've been laid off. And also our home club has been put on intermission 
uh, Third Coast Comedy Club is down for the count right now. And that is our home. And we don't want to see it go away because it's important to a lot in this comedy community that it stay afloat in order to help us keep creating things in that space when we're eventually allowed to return to it. So go to thirdcoastcomedyclub.com and you can donate there or you can buy a gift card. I don't care. Keep listening to audio-based content so Aaron doesn't feel left out. <laughs> go, go find anything the Freeform fellows are doing in this hiatus and give them support in any way you can. We're going to get through this together, but we have to keep our heads attached to our shoulders. And that is all I'm going to say about that. So start this stupid show. Yeah, baby. Love a good episode of YGSSG just recorded under normal normal circumstances. Under Garfield's baby. nephew, normal <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> Nothing world historic going around here. Uh-uh. No history being made here. Nothing crazy. <laughs> We're all still employed. That's right. None no of financial collapses. or No one's checked their retirement account recently and watched oh, it plummet <laughs> over $15,000. It's fine. I haven't ever checked my retirement account, so that's not affecting me at all. That's probably good. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't check Yeah, I, I mean, I say fuck. Uh, one thing's for sure, after all of this is done, the economy is going to be exactly the same. <laughs> there are going to be no bread lines in the near future. No, no way anything will go weird or bad or good, conceivably. I mean, I, I would love some disaster socialism, but that's sort of you wishful know, thinking. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. And I'll reiterate, we'll start here <laughs> since we... Um, Hey, this is Youth Group Survivor Support Group. Uh, I am one of the hosts, uh, the Zip Zap Zoppiest. I'm Dylan Davis, uh, joined by other co-hosts. The Lifehouse Everything Skit, Becca Stogner. <laughs> and uh, the Horseman Pestilence, Charlie <laughs> Allen. Damn, this is always on point. Oh, oh well. well, I'll get no. there. That we was haven't that's good. since uh, before the live show. We have not. We have um, been desperately scrambling to try to figure out how to do this. <laughs> Shit's this been show. weird. <laughs> have <laughs> you noticed? <laughs> hey, somebody looked outside. You're not supposed to go there, but have you looked out? <laughs> you can go outside. You can go out to like your porch. Yeah, you can you go out. I mean? We got that order that you can like exercise outside. You just... The letter said, like, hey, you can exercise, but you better be six feet away from everyone. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I was sort of, like, on the Hikikomori vibe already. Like, I, I had the Ring Fit Adventure, which is, like, a Switch game <laughs> where it's basically, like, Wii Fit, but yeah. you use a big ring or whatever. And um, I got it for Christmas, and I was like, damn, this is right up my alley. Like, I can work out, but no one has to see, you know? <laughs> and then I stopped doing it for a long time, but... I think I can like bring it back now, probably. Yeah, I think I think now's the best time to bring yeah. it back. Uh, this show is dedicated to those of us who survived youth group, our time within it. And um, if you have a story of the time that you survived your youth group, feel free to send us an email at ygssg003 at gmail.com. We have an email this week from a friend and fellow survivor, Grace, 
Uh, hey, Becca, how you feeling? What? Do you want to read it or do, do you want to read it? I would love for you to read it. Okay, then I'll read it. Okay, yeah. Good. <laughs> you, you don't have to, you don't have to trick me. I don't care just because I'm I feel like I have to trick you into doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. So this email is from uh, a friend from school and current listener of the pod, Grace. She says, hi, Becca, Dylan, and Charlie. Obsessed with the pod. You guys are hilarious, and I can't get enough of that sweet, sweet content. Very true. Thank you. I'm Grace for Charlie and Dylan, who don't know me. I was raised Church of Christ in Memphis, Tennessee, and I attended Jesus College with Becca. Okay, mm -hmm. fuck yeah. I've got tons of stories, but in light of your recent episode being about media and art generated by Christians, which this is part two of. Part two. Uh, there's one story I just had to tell you. My youth group was pretty artsy, and most every summer at church camp, there would be some kind of visual artist who would create artwork real time while we were worshiping. <laughs> so rad. <laughs> one, year, so <laughs> <laughs> one year, the father of some of the kids in youth group with us was the artist. He was a very talented painter, and he was painting a picture of Jesus on the cross. Mm -hmm. Now, that's all well and good, but he needed a reference photo to get the angles and stuff right. So he just took a picture of one of the older guys in the youth group and used what? it as a reference. What? 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 Here, youth, take your shirt off. <laughs> Stand hey, up. Jimmy, Jimmy, can you put these nails through your wrists really quick? Can you get up on this chair and take your shirt off and don't move? First of all, he's <laughs> like 20 years too young. Get, get a 30-year-old guy for He's just like 40-ish like when this was happening. 30 like think is yeah that's the year that that's that's what people call their christ year because uh, yeah i think he started his ministry at 30 and mm -hmm. died at 33 if i'm not mistaken but that's also great. like three knows, years man. you can't even get an entry-level job with three years of experience <laughs> definitely can't make it in comedy in three years wow. <laughs> <laughs> no one thought anything of this except that throughout the week this jesus painting started looking more and more like this kid <laughs> oh no <laughs> After a few days, this painting was straight up a painting of Sam on the cross. Oh no! Sam's Sam and was like mid teaching and started choking up because there was a literal painting of his son on a cross right behind him. <laughs> the artist tried so hard to make it look less like Sam, but poor Sam was just too damn white, male, and average. It couldn't be undone. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> you know, I was I was gonna say that I kind of feel like Church of Christ is the right down the middle denomination. Like we're not even gonna define ourselves that well. We're kinda hippie, but we're kinda not. I don't know that all of them still do this, but in classical church of Christ, women cannot lead worship in any sense and instruments are not allowed at all. No instruments. Oh damn, okay, never mind. Yeah, they're straight hymnals. Ladies, sit down, be quiet, and services call, are very stuffy. We used to call our acapella chapel singer at Lipscomb Scoops because it was always a reach for him to hit the note because like he, he didn't have anything to base They can't lead worship like even as music ministers. That's crazy. Like not at all. We couldn't have like ministers for the whole time that I was um, a Baptist. We couldn't have ministers that were women, but like I think oh, probably yeah. they would have allowed for a music minister. I don't, no. I don't fucking know. Some people Baptists, oh like, man. Kind oh, of ahead of that and they're like, that's crap now, but I still had a Bible teacher my freshman year that wouldn't even let women like lead prayer in class. Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. So far, the only uh, place I've had women ministers are Nazarene churches and Methodist churches. That's yeah. it. <laughs> and uh, all the best ministers I've ever had were women, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. We're like they're more in touch with their emotions or something. Right? 
I think the worst part was all of us kids trying to feel out if we were allowed to laugh about it. To this day, <laughs> I don't know if I'm a bitch for finding it funny, but man, I kind of do. Anyways, that's the story of the unfortunate time we accidentally crucified a kid's effigy in the form of a beautiful artwork until I recover another oppressed memory, Grace. <laughs> that is a great story, man. That's great, Grace. Hey, I do not understand why the reference photo had to be of someone. Like, just pull up a picture of Jesus from like HBO's The Crisscross or whatever it is. <laughs> the Crisscross. <laughs> Crisscross. That's, that's, the, that's where Jesus wears all his clothes backwards. And he's going to make you jump. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what they would call it if it was like a like a female Jesus. They'd be like, Ooh. the Crisscross dresser. It's played by like oh. Chris Jenner, maybe. That's don't let yeah. me forget. <laughs> yeah, okay, write that down. Speaking of um, repressed, repressed memories of Christian art, I, as we were talking, I remembered a, um, uh, it was called Paul and Titus, I think. Ooh, kitty. Uh, but yeah, it was like a computer game that was based on the travels of Paul and Titus. Yeah. And uh, it sucked. You couldn't play it. <laughs> it was fucking garbage. Um. Yeah. First so time thank guest you. on the podcast, Freddie Mercury. Hello, beautiful Hello, kitty. Freddie Mercury. What a pretty cat. Yeah, seriously. Um, thank you, Grace, for respecting email link like and not. Grace, great story, great email. You got in, you got out. You were the fucking model email. You win. <laughs> hey, yeah. all you listeners out there, you sent another one. That's Listen to Grace's. Use that as a template. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just copy and paste, but change it to your trauma. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So this week is going to be Christian art part two. And this, this episode is probably going to focus more on our experiences doing or being involved in some respect in Christian art. Last time we talked a lot about, well, Becca and Charlie talked a lot about uh, <laughs> other people's Christian art. <laughs> and why it's dog shit. <laughs> and I sat back in my rocker drinking my coffee going, huh, well, that's neat. How about that? <laughs> yeah um, man this time uh this time in our lives uh is real fucking weird <laughs> and and that time in my life was weird too when you reflect on it um but there is so do y'all want to hear again about the gym thing because it's quasi-religious absolutely i i think that you should definitely it's it is not it's like so quasi-religious that i'm almost like Man, you gotta get out of there. But yeah, you I sort of feel that way <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah. I um so for those of you who don't know who listen, I don't I try not to have it on here a lot. I think I've mentioned it maybe once or twice, which is good. In nineteen in eighteen episodes, I only have mentioned CrossFit twice. Yeah, yeah, true. Okay, fucking... well, a large a good large portion of episode seven was dedicated to it. Oh, it was, was it really? I don't remember. That was well, I, I just totally void everything that we say. Yeah. Like I listen to it for like, do I like tell people that they should kill their parents or something, and we gotta edit that out? <laughs> and then after that, it's totally gone from my memory. <laughs> By the so, way, you should okay. kill your parents. <laughs> we. Oh my god. Um, so if you don't know, I am a coach at a CrossFit gym i got my level one certificate yes they are levels which is very concerning which goes into the problem i'm having so during the Ooh. outbreak or this pandemic covid19 there has been a lot of fear in the gym from our members as to what is going on what are we going to do as a fitness community 
what are we going to do? Cause we're very, all, we're all connected. Like we hang out, our workouts are very communally based. And so there's a lot of fear uh, over closing. How are they going to get their workouts? How are they going to be around each other? You know, that sort of thing. And is, do what? You're not going to be around each other. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's what we're looking at. But the sooner we do that, the sooner we can all get back together, right? Like that's the hope. It's like the sooner we distance ourselves for a while, the sooner we can get to work on ending this really uncomfortable part of life this absolutely right now like flattening the curve means that like right now we're at the apex of it basically or or we're trying we don't know exactly where we are but we know we're nearing the apex of it we would like to make this the apex right exactly yeah Yeah, Yeah. we would like this to be the crest and then from here we can go down and get this behind us as quickly as possible well um as i was telling becca and charlie part of crossfit methodology and you can go online and read all of their stuff for free if you want to verify what I'm telling you is true or not. CrossFit defines itself as the only preventative measure for all illness. Uh, they define, <laughs> seriously. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. It's no, no, listen. I think it. this is bullshit too. I had this problem. I had to answer these questions on a test, but I absolutely think it's bullshit. Um, <laughs> Greg Glassman is the founder. You can look him up. He's a real piece of work. He used to teach Olympians gymnastics so he's not a doctor that's where i'll end that he's not a doctor in any way shape or form he's a gymnast he was a gymnast that's true so he defined he put wellness on a bell curve and he said at the we'll call it the negative end of the bell curve that's called your sickness and he paired sickness with obesity so sickness and obesity same same. thing and all the problems associated with obesity like um like heart disease and diabetes he put them on that end which some of that is correct. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not like being obese is healthy, but is. I, I don't think that it's also like the root of cystic fibrosis. Obese. You know what I mean? <laughs> In the CrossFit methodology, it is. <laughs> That's the right, thing. right. So they put wellness at the middle of this curve and they say wellness is where you're healthier, but you can still have the option of getting sick and then fitness is the far end and that is what's known as super wellness where you will never get sick again because you're eating perfectly doing crossfit workouts and therefore can't get sick because your body is now perfect yeah that is all these people get like testicular cancer yeah and their athletes literally die doing the workouts the workouts alone can yeah yeah there are athletes who die of disease do called, you have you called it's called rhabdomyolysis have you ever heard of lou gehrig <laughs> <laughs> yeah that too but I, i'm saying there are legit crossfit athletes who get paid to work out yeah competitions who will work out so hard and piss it looks like you're pissing coca-cola and they die because their liver and kidneys can't function anymore it's called yeah. rhabdomyolysis where it's got to the point where it has a cute nickname called rhabdo we even made a clown called rhabdo the clown that that is like a mascot. Excuse me? It's like a badge of honor. <laughs> this, is, this is true. So, so Why we'll are say quasi-religious. full of clowns, though? Like, <laughs> you what? These are consistent well, visitors to hospitals, and it's like, if I'm about to die, I don't want a clown dancing around. They're no. not now. And no. I think that's some boomer shit. It wouldn't surprise me oh. if that, that ended. Because I think there was a time when clowns were thought to be, like, funny. Yeah, yeah not scary yeah. but i think that rabdo is playing off the fact that clowns are spooky and yeah 
all the yeah, pictures clown without his shirt on puking and then like making like the twisted metal like <laughs> like it's bizarre Can you send me these pictures oh yeah God. i will find you some rabdo uh the clown pictures so in the wake of this crisis our coach has posited that keeping the gym open is the only viable way he as a company can fight COVID-19 by forcing people to come together in a small room and sweat and wheeze on each other for an hour. I mean, this is how we'll fight the disease by doing the exact opposite in groups of no more than 10. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know if you know this, but like that is basically what Christian scientists believe is like yeah. just replace fitness with like church and praying, yeah. but like pray it's, it's literally the exact same thing. <laughs> it's like, that's why I've been telling people this week to shut the fuck up with your, Hey, Hey, we don't need to fear a disease. We need to fear sin. Like, shut up. Stop. That's not see, the message. I don't, did I, did I send you the thing that my friend posted? or well, not my friend anymore, but the thing that, um, Oh I yeah. What's it called when it's a when it's a word running down and every letter is oh, another word? I saw this too. It was like Christ followers need yeah, not fear so it's, it's or something COVID-19, like that. It's COVID-19. Yeah. And the the letters are Christ over viruses and infectious diseases. Mhm. And the verse is Joshua <laughs> like have I not commanded you to be strong? Have I not commanded you to be strong? Okay. Yeah, I mean, sometimes strength requires you to not go out and do stupid things. Yeah, sometimes it does. Okay, so um, I, maybe now is the time to uh, express my experience with this whole disease or whatever, sure, like what I've been up to. Because you're working. So basically what happened is in between our live episode and now, I got a job at a liquor store. And I was thinking like, oh, dude, like I'll just be working at the liquor store. Like it's a pretty low-key job. I like the hours. I like the pay. It's like perfect for me. I did not think that I would be on the front lines. I would be like a plague doctor. You know what I mean? Because like, <laughs> yeah. in, in most states, liquor stores are considered essential personnel because the hospitals can't deal with people experiencing withdrawal symptoms from alcoholism. Yeah. So like, they need to keep getting their fix, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and who's going to sell it to them but me? Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, one interesting aspect of this is I basically am taking like an exit poll of everyone who is out during these disease times. Right. And like seeing how old they are. Cause I have to check their IDs. Right. So, um, I'll tell you, I am checking out way, way, way more people born in the 1960s or the 1950s than those born in the 1990s. And, you know, I, I get some 70s and 80s, but in general, I would say, I would say in general, the store's clientele is probably like 40% boomers. Yeah. Right now, I would say it's probably like 60% boomers. Um, and like, I don't know. I, I don't think that they really give, I don't know if they've been trained to give a shit. You know what I mean? It's it's not even that they don't care. It's just like they don't think anything in the world can change. They don't think any can anything can like seriously go wrong. It can yeah. just like get slightly worse. Um, yeah. And it, it, uh, I don't know. It's really a bummer. I, I do think that a lot of it is tied into Protestantism and capitalism being sort of interlinked. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like in yeah. order to show that like I'm above all this, I go out and consume 
to show that like, oh, well, I'm not going to be frightened off by this. And it, it's sort of immaterial next to consumption. Yeah. It, it's really, really disheartening. It is, uh, yeah. especially like with an election coming up this year. And I, I shudder to think that we're going to talk about politics at all. I know, but they're keeping the fucking polls open. I mean, they are. it's which insane. Is, yeah. Which to me oh, tells oh, me they know who is going oh. to be the only people getting out and voting. Me too. Yeah. Me too. No, they do. Especially since between the candidates left and the Democratic Party, there is a clear generational divide. You know yep. what I mean? And like one side always goes to one guy, you plug in the fucking name, whoever you think it is. And then another side always goes to the other guy. Yeah. And you think about who those two dudes might be in your head and yeah. choose which one you think is better. Fucking yeah. losers. They are. They, they really are. I have seen such um, – what's crazy to me, though, is one of these, these candidates we could have – Right. Has done a remarkable amount in the past couple of weeks to try and aid those suffering right. in some yeah. way. Yeah. And Which one of those guys is a out of a fucking gone. <laughs> is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> probably. Very interesting. Yeah. And yet, that dude's probably going to be president. Or at the very least, running. Yeah. Um, I am yeah. too cynical to think that we might be out of the four years of hell we've just endured. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I understand. Yeah. Only on, on those grounds. If it yeah. were any other time, if there wasn't this going on, actually, I think what this will show, I think this might start paving the way towards some really positive change. That's what I'm hoping. I've been saying like for a while now, especially since the start of 2020, but also in the sort of the lead up to all this, that I think that this is the year of Jubilee. Like that's oh, a fucking nice. biblical. Nice. Yeah, Bible, baby. Hey, like, there's a connection. Like, uh, uh you know 2020 you add that together that's 40 i'm not a big numerologist yeah. or whatever but that's the number associated have, with the year of jubilee you have 40 dollar bills you do have 40 dollars <laughs> thank you yeah there's no yeah <laughs> becca's right you can't but, fight that kind I, of I mean i think that i don't know how we can look at this crisis and go like the way that we treat service employees and the way that we treat healthcare in this country totally fine they should just remain exactly the same. Like you, it literally caused a fucking financial collapse and a public health crisis. This Open your fucking eyes. Science <laughs> survivor yeah, support group. Yeah. It makes sense for me to rely on grumpy boomers to pay my rent. Yeah. Because they I, fucking won't. No, they won't. I, I will tell our you. audience what I um, told you guys right before we started recording, which is if the roles were reversed right now, if it were a disease that affected young people and it were contingent on old people staying home, yeah. we would all be dead right now. We'd be dead as doornails. We they don't care dead. about you. They, they, they would sell your life for land's end. Aren't they they don't give the me a generation fuck. anyway. Yes, all we've yes. ever about. I, yeah. Their primary motivation is, quote, me and mine, quote. Yeah. Before we actually get into the Christian art stuff, do y'all want to hear about yes. these iconic boomers that come into every week? Absolutely. If we get a chance, you get a chance. They've yeah. literally... <laughs> they've been coming in probably almost every Saturday, or at least one Saturday a month, since I've been working there. So, in total, almost four years. Um, they make a reservation uh, for 1.30 p.m., and they say, booth behind the bar. 
and there, there's one very specific booth. Like it has to be that booth. It can't be the ones on either side of it, which are essentially the same booth. It has to be this one specific booth. And they come in and they demand a pitcher of water for themselves. Um, the lady orders like a bunch of stuff with no seasoning on it and then gets extra honey mustard and extra biscuits and extra <laughs> like. Becca. Doesn't make sense. It's uh, I've cool. never waited. Thank God. But there's like three servers only that they're okay with having. And like, if they get another one, they will ask for a different server. My God. It's ridiculous. And they came in this last Saturday, uh, which I think was the 17th. Yeah. So it was, wait, no. What, two weeks ago, whatever. They came in two weeks ago and their booth had just been sat and they waited an hour and a half for those people to leave so they could sit at that booth. Put them down. <laughs> yeah, take them out behind a shed, grab hold of a shotgun. Just, just. Yeah, I, I always say, listen, I'm humane, <laughs> famously humane, Charlie Allen. Just take never one of those guns. those bolt guns that they kill yeah, cattle like, with. Guns from boom. like uh, Anton Chigurh in No Country, no Country for Old Men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the most you've ever lost in a coin toss? That guy. <laughs> that guy is the good guy. <laughs> 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 this is no country for old men. That's the takeaway from that movie is that it's no country for old men and it shouldn't be. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I ended up having to run their food to the table on Saturday and I essentially threw it down and ran away because I did not want to have to talk to them. I'm sorry. I think that you guys should seriously start like systematically poisoning those people. Just like Definitely. throw a little bit of like laundry powder in each of their foods. Although yeah. she might taste it because there's no seasoning, no seasoning. Ma'am, do you yeah. know the stereotypes about white people? Like, <laughs> Have you heard? Like everything that she gets is she's like, I need no sodium for my cholesterol, but then everything else that she gets is so full of sodium. Yeah, she shouldn't go to a restaurant then. It's all salt. It's butter. Ooh, the good thing about a video chat is uh, we don't have to edit out like just movements that I do. <laughs> <laughs> so we can do like so nobody sort of, can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, experiences doing Christian art. Yeah, let's talk some Christian art, <laughs> is that baby. It, Becca? Is that the only thing? Anything else? Anything else, Becca? Oh no. No. Hey, I, I have a, a pretty good transition. Sure. Um, in, uh, <laughs> the best way to transition is to announce that you have a pretty good transition. Transition uh, white. <laughs> so during the COVID times, <laughs> great. Um, yeah. I've been watching, I brought, right before now, I was in Richmond on like spring break and we grabbed a bunch of the recordings of um, like musical theater shows that I've been in while yeah. I was in high school and shit. So I've just been watching back on a few of them and they're miserable. They're really, <laughs> really hard to watch. Um, but yeah, you know, it's been pretty good. Watched Footloose. I watched the uh, uh, fucking Pocahontas. We had a white girl playing Pocahontas. Ooh, we had a white girl. Yeah. I, I, we well, haven't watched this one yet, but we have a white girl playing Mulan. And I cannot wait. And honestly, she would feel so bad about it now. I bet she tells jokes sure. about it. But do you guys know that I played Mushu? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, seems racially sensitive. <laughs> 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 to me. 
there's a uh, there's a there's a photo of Mushu on the Instagram. Oh yes, it's my big camel toe. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> Have I ever told you guys about the thing that I did as like a graduating senior from that program and like um, how I sort of like faked my own death? What? No. Okay, so um, <laughs> so I was in order to do the shows, in order to like audition for them, you had to do classes, and so I ended up doing a bunch of improv classes. That's how I sort of got a taste for improv, even before I was out doing improv. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, I uh, took my final semester of this program. I took this class that was like a senior seminar, get all the seniors, they can do whatever they want to, whatever they consider like a big thing for them, right? So like some people would direct a scene, there was one guy who was a big dancer, he did this dance, and um, I thought that it would be really funny to basically have like a slide, everybody was sort of making these like slideshows of their times, and I wanted to make a big slideshow of like, um, basically it would say Charlie Allen, 1996 to 2015. And like, as though it were my funeral or whatever. In memory of. Exactly. And then I wore a bit a black suit and I played Fields of Gold by Sting on the piano and sang. <laughs> And then um, the church where it was at was my church. And oh. so I, I really knew the layout of the church really well. And I knew how to get out of there without anyone seeing me. So I, I played the whole slideshow, which was like pretty clearly comedic, but sort of insinuated that I was maybe going to kill myself. <laughs> and then I was wearing a black suit and I said, at the end of the song, I said, ta-ta for now, <laughs> and <laughs> dipped and left and uh, went to Barnes & Noble. And there were, like, multiple people who were texting me, like, you didn't just off yourself, right? Like, you're okay and everything? And I was like, yeah, it was just a funny bit for me. I thought it was, like, all comedy or whatever. But what really made it bad was right before me, a guy played a song for his godfather who had cancer and he, he did like basically the same thing and just showed a slideshow of like pictures of them together. And I had no choice like in the line. I, yeah, I look like a horrible <laughs> asshole. But like, <laughs> hey, if that didn't set the tone for my adulthood, I don't know what the fuck did. <laughs> that weird experience. They did not. That's my <laughs> Christian art, I guess. You want to go in the round, like, or each of us do one and come back? Yeah, around? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You you take what? What's a project what's that you worked on? Um, do you want to go next, Becca? I just really did like. Oh wait, no, I have I have a good one. I I would do like um, it's like the choir tours, like all the stuff that's in my journal corners and shit. <laughs> what we were essentially doing was taking like twenty-ish minutes of like a Jesus musical, crunching it down doing that in certain places and one year we did godspell which i was Ooh. so stoked about because i love god i still i still love godspell godspell's good it slaps uh and it's not like very it i don't know like christian musicals are usually just not super jesusy interesting jesusy but they're not like so in your face about it that like you can't enjoy i don't know i just i i get did behind you ever it. do race to win no <laughs> it was like about uh, nat it was like a 
NASCAR musical. But yeah, I know what you're saying. They're, they always yeah. have like a theme that is prescient enough. Like, that... like Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat or whatever. Like that's a Bible story, but it's not like God, like the whole time. Well, that's because like, it was written by Andrew Lloyd Webber. But I love it anyway. It's yeah. yeah was my sexual awakening. We all know that. Um, <laughs> Explains so much. Yeah. Oh, with the narrator? And his shirtless Dude, and the mm. And also the narrator was banging, man. Was it like Ellen DeGeneres oh or God. something? Oh, you watching that and sweating for the narrator. <laughs> Back in the day, in like second grade, when I first saw it, I came home and I was like, Mom, I saw this beautiful man. <laughs> his name is Johnny Osmond. Johnny Osmond? <laughs> He took me on a whirlwind tour of her closet that I didn't want. What? Uh, well, this has nothing to do with anything, but my mom did jump on Donny Osmond's car as a youngster and the police had to take her off the car. That's yeah. how it mom. That's yeah. hard for the course. It's a generational curse. Yeah. <laughs> if your mom was like, I kidnapped Donny Osmond, I'd be like, yeah, of course. Right? <laughs> when you let no, him go? I know how to act around famous people. I look you at do. them, I just panic and say nothing. No, but yeah. if your mom did, we can all agree that sh there's a chance she'd kidnap them, right? Like, there's, like, a small... Sure. Well, sure. He, I think Donny Osmond's still around. He is, yeah, yeah. No, he is. Okay. Uh, that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> so we did Godspell, and in the initial rehearsal, I was given this line where I got to, like, very dramatically walk up to the microphone, and I would grip it with both hands, and I'd be like, and after dinner time, Judas gave the Iscariots seven pieces of silver to betray Jesus. And then I was like, Ooh. Wow. Um, good pause. And then, oh my God, it was so good. Like, <laughs> a, pause. a couple rehearsals later, I don't know what happened, but I got all ready to go up and say it. And one of the older girls went up and said it for me. And so I ran out of the rehearsal room in tears and I was in the bathroom stall texting my mom, like they gave my line away and they didn't tell me. Dead. I was like so upset and I was about to not go on the tour and I don't know I, I still don't fucking know what happened but I had to arrange a meeting and like have a talk with the choir director and he was like I don't know and then I got my line back and I uh crushed what the it. fuck I I do not know the leadership in your life has been so confusingly inept and and dumb I don't you need communism <laughs> you need <laughs> high Stalinism. <laughs> because that happened, they also let me uh, be a leper that got healed at the beginning. Ooh, okay, all right. All right, interesting role. And I was uh, I was up there in my um, my fedora and my tie-dye Godspell t-shirt and my Converse, and I was like, ah, oh, Judas. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to play Judas, man. They, they did Godspell right after I left, like There's the year after I left. delivering the line that I should put on the gram, because it's very serious. You should. Hell yeah, do it. <laughs> but that was mostly what I did was like those choir tours. And um, I was never in a Lifehouse Everything skit, but I have seen them. And and we'll talk about those. But, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because uh, were you, you weren't in any? I was never in one. Oh, man, you missed out. But I, I know people that were. Yeah. And a lot of things happened similarly to... Um, it was Rachel's, Rachel's story about the, the flyleaf dance. Yeah. And people getting hurt. Yeah. My, people my, my, oh, yeah, yeah. People, like, going too hard. Um, Ellie was in one when she was growing up, and every girl that was in it was jealous of the girl that was the lead. So when they were yeah. yanking her, they were, like, yanking her. 
What the they fuck? They were so petty and jealous. They were hurting someone in a in a. In a in middle school girls <laughs> that don't get the lead in the skit are like right below Jeffrey Dahmer. On the, side. <laughs> uh, yeah. the only one of those like uh, service skits that I remember being in. All of the people were adults except for me. Yeah. And I was just like a disaffected teen who was like listening to his iPod. Right. And honestly, I love that because I just meant I could listen to my iPod for like most of the service. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. anyway. Um, the first thing I did was in fifth grade. So we've talked about the enormous size disparity difference between me and most people my age. Right, right. <laughs> I was a good right, right. taller than all of them. So what they thought was cool is they do a musical wherein um, the owner of a mall named Mr. Harrod didn't want there to be any nativity scenes displayed. Oh, and God. Was- so this <laughs> old ass looking fifth grader got to play Mr. Harrod. Well, uh, Nice. Congrats, I guess. So I was a fifth grader in a suit that didn't fit very well. I had no singing parts, but I just had lines where I got to be a Scooby-Doo villain. Where I was like, girl, you kids! And I was just like shaking my fists. And I remember really liking trying to make the audience like Mr. Herod. It didn't work because they wrote him in an unlikable way. <laughs> no, did they? <laughs> they wrote the, the villain of a children's church play. A little broad? Oh. Was he a no little one-dimensional? <laughs> I'm, I'm no Brando. I couldn't win him over. Honestly, <laughs> I th- Dylan, if anyone could, I think it's you. I tried. There was this kid playing the villain in a Moses thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I was I was helping with it. I wasn't in it. The kid was like 10. And yeah. all of this and reading, he might have been fair, but he was like, no! And he was like crushing it. And then the time came for the actual service, and he chickened out and was like, no. No. Good <laughs> boy. Couldn't, he couldn't be loud in church. They should have cast me. Yeah. I would have screamed. <laughs> you would have screamed at the top of your lungs. Yeah. Like, to this day, I'm still kind of mad at that kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, do. I mean, like, he, he didn't commit. He's not a true artist. No, there's no. no... Yeah. None of the spark of Thespis in him, I tell like, you. Like, if I have yeah. to dress up as Zazu and act a damn fool in front of my whole middle school, you have to do your duty as well. As Pharaoh, you have to give it your all. Yeah, yeah. Give it into the Dionysian. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Give it over to those rebels. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, you have another one? Like, oh, baton I, dancing? Just, well, sorry, what were you saying? Dylan, didn't you say something about doing baton dancing? The baton? The what? Like baton twirling? Or oh, baton- yeah. Well, I, I didn't want to tell them all at once. I thought we could go through... Yeah, I did a church musical. I want to tell you all about Race to Win because it's a pretty, pretty fucking good. Yeah, it's about basically the premise that there is um, a godly woman um, who... What? uh, A a godly woman race car driver who Uh, runs her... Danica Patrick. Yeah, (laughs) and does GoDaddy commercials. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, she basically runs her uh, race team in a Christ-like manner. You know, she doesn't care about winning, which I feel like... Um, <laughs> I a Christian know. athlete says but, that, they're a liar. They're yeah, a liar. but she's, she's basically like, you know, to me, um, I'm running the race of life. 
And to get to the finish line, I need Christ. I think it's basically taken from something in Acts or... You don't need Christ to die. But then there (laughs) is a cruel, ungodly, a a total pagan uh, race car driver who's like sacrificing live dogs to Moloch before every race (laughs) or whatever. And uh, Rusty Wallace. (laughs) (laughs) Daryl I I don't know how to tell you guys this. They didn't use real race car drivers. No, they just called him Randy Race Car Boy. Or Pretty something? much, yeah. I think his name was like Rascally. Mr. Zippy Zoom. <laughs> what did you call him, Mr. Zippy Zoom? <laughs> Mr. Zippy Zoom. <laughs> Mr. Lucifer Loudmouth or whatever. And Lucifer Loudcar. Over the course of the musical, you know, she teaches him to uh, love the Lord and race in a manner that would be pleasing to him, I guess. I don't know. You can go fast, but you let your neighbor go in front of you. You So I did this show two separate times, because the first time I did it um, at a church camp at a different church. Okay. I went over there, and I had, like, a really good voice, but I was a newbie, and nobody knew me, and I was, like, young. And they had the other kid who was up for the mean – like sinful race car driver was like an, a guy who went to the church. He was a fifth grader. They basically were like, listen, we can't, a, a kid straight up came up and told me like, we can't give you the role. We would like you to. So I ended up playing his like second in command, but that really like rubbed me the wrong way. Right. Yeah. And then I brought it to my church. Cause I was like, surely this time I can, they'll let me play this race car driver or whatever. Right. And right as I got cast in that, I got cast in um, my first show with this other theater company where I was playing Wilbur in Charlotte's Web. And I, like, didn't, I couldn't do the time commitment. And so I, once again, this role was robbed from me, man. And so basically what I'm suggesting is that we mount a production of Race to Win. Okay. I can find and put it on the Patreon or something. Okay. And, oh, like a live reading, or you want like an actual? <laughs> Maybe I bet we could get. I bet it wouldn't be that hard to get like three scripts. Yeah, um, do a stage reading. Can I sing you the song? Yeah, it goes like this: Race to win. Whose race are you running? That's all I remember. <laughs> I don't think you need any more. I think that's wow. Any <laughs> that occurs like on stage. Say that one more time. Is there any actual, like, driving that occurs on stage? Yeah, do they do, like, the, the oh, we got cutouts, and we got to pretend to be moving really fast. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely do mm-hmm. remind remember uh, sort of cardboard cars uh-huh. um, on the stage yeah. and working on cardboard cars. I don't remember if there's any actual, like, race sequences. I'm pretty sure most of it is taking place in the pit stops. Okay. Fastest like a, day ever. Like, you hear a Zoom, and they walk on screen. I almost said on screen, on stage, and they're like, wow, that was some race. We should film it. (laughs) Yeah, yes, yes. Race to win the feature film. It's got to be better than Cats. I watched Cats over the... Dude, I can make props out of cardboard. We can fucking do that. Yeah, Uh, I'm sorry. Cats is a cursed relic from another time. They will never make a movie like Cats again. Because... They've captured all those souls. It's from a dead culture, man. It's it's from, like... Seeing it at midnight at the Belcourt with paint on my face, decently not sober, and screaming 
Skimble Shanks, the railway cat with a theater of people I did not know as daylight saving time change <laughs> is an experience that I will never get again. And I appreciate it so much. Sure, sure. But wouldn't yeah, you great. say that, that there's a portion of that that's ironic? Like it's, oh, it's because oh. it is conceivably the worst film made last year. Yeah. Like just oh, truly unwatchable oh. and like unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. There, it, you're right. It is a cursed image. If you yeah. watch it more than five times, you will die in the next. You go time. to hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you sign Mephistopheles' book. Have you seen the stuff that's going around on Twitter about how there's probably a butthole cut of cats? Yeah. Uh, it's really upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need that in my brain. I don't need to know that exists. Hey. Somebody tweeted something about like there needs to be a book written about the process of cats, like how there's a disaster artist. And then somebody like my friend got called in to dig- digitally remove the CGI buttholes that had been added. So somewhere oh there's God. a butthole cut of cats. Wow! Wow! And everybody yeah. on Twitter hashtag release the butthole cut. That's that's oh. really bad. I don't. I mean, I don't really have another story necessarily. But if this is my chance to talk about that goddamn lighthouse everything skin, I'm gonna goddamn talk about Fucking it because I hate it. Skin. We used it so much. So for those of you who weren't in a lighthouse everything skit, you probably have seen one. Um, it's this song by Lifehouse. It's called Everything. Arguably, may or may not even be a Christian song because I don't know that Lifehouse is a Christian. It, band. it definitely isn't because their catalog is not Christian. What's the name of the song? Everything. Huh? Everything. Um, and it usually starts with this girl and she's big into Jesus. And usually there's like a romantic relationship implied between her and yeah. the guy playing Jesus as well. They're waltzing. Yeah. So they'll waltz or the do classic normal like, phenomenon that we've talked like, about. He mm-hmm. moves his arm and hers does that. And like the interpretive dance, like puppet. He treats her like a puppet and she responds in kind. Um, and then at some point, a, some bitch stumbles on with a full bottle of alcohol and is like, take a drink. And she does. And then someone is like, do heroin and she does yeah. and oh uh, here's money here's uh, money i, I oh, yeah. dress provocatively oh, yeah those sketch for sure i don't know if i've heard it to hold up a second you've probably seen one and then she becomes this like this shell of a person and generally like a person that is satan or a demon will come up behind her and will make her slit her wrist yep they usually do the full motion like all the way down yep. um occasionally there is a knife mm-hmm Occasionally, occasionally there's blood, blood capsules. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is also incredibly fucked. Yeah, um, and then she'll put a gun to her head, try to shoot herself, and then Jesus will come in and start trying to save her. Oh, yeah. And then all the demon people, people try to drag her and Jesus away from each other, while occasionally hitting the people playing her and Jesus, which is where I'm sure all the injuries of the jealous little bitches come in. <laughs> and eventually, her and Jesus are reunited. It's all fine, and I. I'm not certain if this is a written law or not, but if you don't cry during the everything scat, you're not a Christian. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. I definitely cried the first time I saw it. Then I was in it and did not enjoy it. Uh, just because the rehearsal process sucked. I don't cry super easily at um, media material. And when I do it, it's like, it's very random. So right. it'd be like, I'll cry five times during one movie or like, I'll go through the saddest movie of all time and be like, eh. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. And the first time I saw it, I didn't cry. And all of my friends were like, what is wrong with you? Uh, I cry at the drop of a hat. Which is <laughs> now, that I makes don't sense. much anymore. I don't much anymore, actually. I feel dead inside a lot now, which yeah. I'm really concerned about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it should be fine. Hey, fuck it. Um, I want to... Seeing the help in theaters with some of my friends, and they were crying, and I wasn't. So I put mm-hmm. 
like while they weren't looking, I put a minty chapstick like right under my <laughs> eyes with water. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's insane. I brought an onion into the theater and took a full bite so I would cry. Guys, I want to mount a production of this Lifehouse sketch. Okay. Um, but basically I want to keep it exactly the same up until the very end. And then I just want to have one scene on the end where she and Jesus fuck. Like a <laughs> super graphic sex scene where <laughs> that's one setup for a great punchline. That's my kind of sketch. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty great. Really like, you calm the storm. And then he just like <laughs> rails or whatever. They do it behind a screen so it's like good theater. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. But and then, then yeah. the stage lights up. Cause you're all I want. Bam! That's you're him coming? Me. Bam! Oh, dude. Okay, at that point, we like splat paint against the screen. So yeah. it's like a big splurt. You know what I mean? <laughs> so she. She and he both. Yes, exactly. Climax. And we yeah. have someone backstage with a bucket of paint. <laughs> and they just skadoosh <laughs> against the screen. Come in unison, it's not godly sex. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Woman's, uh, I believe in our penetrative and simultaneous. The oh, it's gotta be the, the Bible is very passionate about. The sexual pleasure that women receive. You're like, hey, <laughs> you come last, but you'll get there. That's <laughs> You know, they say the last will be first and the first will be last. <laughs> so that's what you're talking about. <laughs> because of how it portrays self-harm as such a negative thing. Which and it portrays it as like... I, I, it, an ultimate evil of some kind well i was yeah. gonna say that like i think christianity gave me a taste for anime because they have no subtlety whatsoever like it's whatever they want you to feel or know they don't fuck around i've been watching like a lot of jojo's bizarre adventure recently and which i think both of y'all would love it, i'm I would, gonna get into it should yeah. i skip season one bill was saying skip season one you know I, I, bizarre adventure. you can it's it gets really fun it's like Imagine if they tried to make like a Sherlock Holmes ex Dracula anime. It by and it's someone who's like parodying um, all the tropes of both those types of novels and of regular anime. Or okay, I'm into it. it, it right. It's it's like pretty delicious, man. I'm sold. Um, but you know they when someone's evil, especially in JoJo, they just are like full. Everything about them is just loathing. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like pure hate. And they portray all all the bad things are one bad thing. If you do drugs, you, you do the worst drug and you self-harm and you're promiscuous. Yeah. And all this stuff that they hate is one bad thing. And none like of it is exclusive ever. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's it's very odd, man. It's like, like there's no grace. Here, you're going to be doing heroin, fucking do like that um that idea that no one thing is worse than the other yeah um because that's where i define it was like oh you know so just because i did something that the church considers wrong it's no worse than any of the other things yeah so it's it's bad but it's no worse and then you realize that no one in the church actually believes that they all think they'd rather have a murderer in their church than someone who had sex outside of marriage yeah you're so that's so true yeah. They'd rather have a murderer in their church who's like, like um, uh, even sort of like, 
uh, unrepentant, I feel like. But yeah, just somebody's like, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's a different time in my life. Grace, if you're listening, you might remember this. I think it might have been, it was either after we graduated or the year that we were seniors, but Lipscomb got in trouble for having a chapel speaker use the story of Jesus casting demons into pigs and relating that to self-harm and saying, like, if you're self-harming, Satan is inside of you. You have to cast him out. That is a I sin. Mean, what the fuck? Yeesh. Yeesh. No like. No good. Ugh. Well, I, I think that a lot as a person who has struggled with that, like that's the worst fucking thing you can do. That's hear. that's yeah. not gonna make it better. That's not gonna help you stop. No, like, exactly. That that is literally the exact opposite thing you're supposed to do for depression. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is, is be like you're okay. <laughs> like yeah. like it's all right if you if things feel debilitating, you know what I mean? Like we can help yeah. you out. I I think that a lot of this comes back to the same protestant boomer malaise that's like well if all the things are just as bad then who gives a shit yeah. like, the only thing that you can really do is like go shopping and like if i'm spreading a pandemic disease or like fucking starting a 20-year war or whatever it's no better or worse than lying yeah or jerking off or yeah. things that are totally innocu- innocuous you know what i mean it's like yeah. Oh, right. Why doesn't she masturbate in the everything skin? <laughs> Ooh. That's the scene we're adding. That's yeah. one of the scenes we're adding. <laughs> so y'all want to hear a big dildo? <laughs> <laughs> Just and it's the same a hand, monster like, dildo. When, yeah. the, when the guy pulls out this giant purple dildo, he's <laughs> just swaying and pulling pulling it out and he's like wobbling at her face and she's like okay and she like takes it it's basically just like requiem for a dream (laughs) oh god Ah! the ass (laughs) i think it's like the fourth time we've referenced requiem for a dream (laughs) (laughs) i I still have the dvd you have the dvd of what life house (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> so, I when I was 18, I got asked to come play Judas in a dramatic, and when I say dramatic, I want you to pay attention to that word. Okay, okay. okay. Adaptation of The Last Days of Christ. Ooh. And when they asked me, they didn't tell me who I was going to play. They were just like, hey, you're a theater person. Come play a very important role in this. That's how they said it to me. They're like, play this very important role in this play for us. And I was like, I assumed I was getting Peter or Jesus. I was like, well, yeah, that's top billing. That's what you want. (laughs) (laughs) Top billing. This one like top billing, Peter or Jesus, one or two, baby. Because I read the script and I was like, wow, they really, uh, they made Peter a little more relatable. Uh, Jesus has more to say. You know, he's not speaking. He has more to say than he already has to say. The famously wordy guy from the bible so i got there they're like so dylan we wanted to surprise you you're gonna be playing judas and i was at first very upset because when i was younger i was a shithead and i wanted to only be the hero in everything uh for whatever reason um i don't know there's instead of compelling characters i just wanted everyone to think of me as the number one guy that's what i wanted them to equate me with which i feel that that makes sense when your whole world is defined by like that kind of role uh when you want to be the hero but you've been playing old men and kings <laughs> since you were little <laughs> yeah uh, I, I you know 
uh, I definitely, I was more like a character actor, little like, yeah, hey, I'm the little reedy guy or whatever. But, you know, at a, at a certain point, I was like, well, hey, why do I get to be a fucking prince, man? Yeah, it, it wears on you a little bit, especially yeah. when you're younger. But, yeah, I was like, am I ugly for like the longest time? Because I was only ever cast as guy. I was like, am I ugly? Because I'm only ever playing grandpas and old dudes. And then somebody said, no, it's because like you're the only person on stage who stands out. So we have to make you someone. Yeah who like can command a crowd and that's never going to be the hero. The hero comes from nothing. I was like, okay, well you tried. All right. You but know, mine I, ends up, Oh, I'm sorry. You, you take no, it. No, you're good. So like Judas ended up being a really fun part to play because the way they played Judas, the way I played Judas was this guy who was like almost was very sympathetic in a way, in the way I did it where he was kind of um, torn between what he was doing being right you know yeah yeah and i had this there's the very emotional scene at the washing of the feet where like he even offers to do it for judas before judas runs off and he like slings the bowl like judas slings the bowl away yeah and i had a good time doing it um but at first i was very upset that i was judas i got over it i think oh the stick dance thing okay so there was a you should look up by stephen curtis chapman called lord of the dance um, oh, I think I vaguely remember this song. Kind of a bluegrassy, uh, kind of like early two thousands alt country kind of tune. It's it's okay. Um, it, very of its time. Very early two thousands. Very early nineties or mid nineties. Here it is. Um, yeah. Okay, I've heard enough. <laughs> Trampled by turtles ass shit. Yeah. And um, so the, 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 the premise of the sketch was that we would have these very thin dowel rods that were about four feet long. And we would start by like, you can watch the sketch. It's online. It's on YouTube. There are a bunch of different churches who did it. Um, but they, you start by the lyrics. I was born on the banks of the Tennessee river in a small Kentucky town. So the main character is always played by a girl and she like walks around playing games and animating all of the people in the sketch and they're all doing different sports with their sticks with their tail rods what yeah yeah no i don't know and then they all become like a percussionist and they start playing out different percussion beats as you get to the chorus and the chorus hits and you do a series of 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 uh, synchronized almost hand motions but with the dowel rods and uh, we took this on a soft tour of four church Oh yeah, in <laughs> and uh, we all had to wear uh, plain neon colored shirts and jeans. So I had neon green, and I got a four X, and I was a two X boy. So I look like an Eminem. <laughs> you look like the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> green I was, the girl. Yeah, I look like the the sexy Eminem. <laughs> She's a babe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a Kellen Schneider bit. I think is being horny to the green Eminem. <laughs> um so that one was a that was a fun production to be a part of yeah <laughs> as far as that my my claim to fame in ninth grade was being asked by my middle school <laughs> my eighth grade drama professor or teacher to come back to middle school and play aslan in the lion the witch in the wardrobe hey one of the uh, musicals that we watched was our prediction or our production of narnia and it's like a musical it sucks so bad yeah, man not but. good no adaptation of that book has been good in media other than to laugh your way 
to the BBC version. You know, I don't hate the Disney one. I think the Disney one is good. as close as you get. Um, I will say this. Uh, I got, su- I was very, very, very drunk. And it was right at the very beginning of this COVID stuff. And I did, definitely did cry watching that production of Narnia. Not because it was like good or moving. I was just like, holy shit, man. This is like taking me back. I yeah, guess. That's, what I mean? that's what it was for me yeah. too. Because uh, I, I occasionally used to watch the video of it. And I forgot how bad the costume was. It was like tan <laughs> scrubs. Tan scrubs that they like taped. They didn't taped a tail to and you know those um calendars of babies dressed like flowers yeah that's what my mane looks like <laughs> <laughs> oh no man oh no like slipper like uh like uh like house slippers shaped like lion's paws yeah and uh and i had face paint, face paint lion face paint and I, I did my best impression of the bbc version of aslan which is just a very breathy dude Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah the, the robot. Ooh. Yeah, right. Like, it did a lot of that shit. Yeah. But yeah, that um, I have done a lot of Christian art, especially in as far as theaters concerned. In fact, I did one production that upset my grandparents, and I got letters about it. My famous what? grandparents. Wow. <laughs> I did a show called Dearly Departed, and in it, I played a. No, no. What? I know Dearly Departed. Yeah. yeah. I'm of its existence i played what what happens so it's, it's a, like a, it's a southern fried play yeah it takes place at a family comedies it takes place at a funeral and my character is like the uh slacker nephew oh yeah who lives with his mom still it's and one of those shows that like only community theaters who are about to go under in tennessee do now yep hmm. which is kind of exactly where this was put on um, so my character curses a couple times, not many, once or twice. Well, my grandmother came to see the play and she took umbrage and wrote a letter to my house that I received opening night. Um, this is the second time she's done this. Uh, she did it when I played McMurphy and one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Uh, <laughs> I did not know that you did that. Yeah. I, I have pictures. I'll send them to you. Yeah. I played wow. McMurphy. So I got a letter from her then saying, like, we just don't understand why you do things we couldn't come see. And then with Dearly Departed, okay. yeah, I know. That's, I was like, I mean, I told you not to come. I did you a favor so I wouldn't have to see you be disappointed in, in real time. But they sent me this letter and they said, my, my grandmother said, like, I can't believe you would play a character that says things like like taking the Lord's name in vain and things like that. And this is like, the week of the show opening. And so I'm devastated. And then I, I, I took that time to write a response to it. Like I wrote a letter back. So yeah. I was like, well, if this is what you communicate, that's how I'll communicate. Yeah. And I told him essentially, I said, you know, I, I'm sorry that these characters affect you so deeply, but I don't know if you know this, but they're not me. Like I, I <laughs> no, they don't I'm, know that. They didn't. That's what she said back. She, I said, I said, I am not these people. I am playing people. What? Wow. Yeah. You know that I didn't write one flew over the cuckoo's nest. That. Um, <laughs> did you know? I, that I don't know I how to put not, this. But did you um, know that I did not become Jack Nicholson over the course of eight <laughs> weeks and then suddenly change back? Yeah. No, I didn't do that. Uh, that. <laughs> how do I put this? Fiction is not real. Fake. It's <laughs> yeah. like. Um, yeah. 
It's, it didn't happen. That's, Have you ever seen like a talking animal? They don't, <laughs> they don't do that in real life. And no. the reason is because this is real, but that is fake. That does not happen. Whatever. Yeah. Do your, do your grandparents think that like Meryl Streep is some kind of like Wiccan shapeshifter? <laughs> I think that's why my grandmother only likes westerns. Like, because she likes to imagine, oh, I get to see these documentaries about a period in American history. Never, uh, never the same actor twice, probably. All these Native mm. Americans look oddly white. How <laughs> oh, I like them. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. So she responded back and she did say, I'd never considered that you were not these people and i never considered <laughs> he was trying to be nice she was like i guess you're just that good i never considered I was like, okay thank you and i told her in the letter i said you know you've never told me that you're proud of me my entire life ever and you've told my cousin who sings songs that you're proud of her because she's doing it exactly the way you want her to i said you you support her and everything she does but i don't think i've ever heard you tell me that you've liked something i've done and that was the only time she or my grandfather ever said, I'm proud of you, like, but it was in written form. <laughs> you coerced them. Yeah, yeah that's I, fucked up, man. Them into Emma, it. did you know that Charlie's Theron is not Eileen Warner? <laughs> oh, they would die if they watched Monster. crying. <laughs> man, uh, did you, you know, know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> um, I assumed they were the same person. I, I definitely hear what you're saying about the, this is way back, but the Judas being a sympathetic character thing. Like I always wanted to play Judas because I sort of got him. You know what I mean? It was like, um, He's really? He's makes a mistake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. like sort of not even of, like they say that God needs, he did so his plan. You know what I mean? It's sort of like he, he had no choice. And, mm-hmm. and ultimately his problem with Christ was like, I need real results right now you know what i mean it's like you keep talking about this this um sort of like revolutionary change to the way that we do judaism but like i need it fucking right now and he's like now nah, you gotta wait until you die you know and I, yeah. I i get it another dude who i really find sympathetic is pontius Pilate. yes who's just like and this is getting me sense of hell i know but um we'll all just, be there like, <laughs> i mean after this <laughs> podcast <laughs> and they, Maybe very soon. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's just like, uh, but if you tell me that this political prisoner you want executed and you demand his execution, then I'll fucking do it. Whatever. You know what I mean? His business. It was not his culture. He didn't care. He literally washes his hands up and he's like, I'm sorry. Like, Hey man, if this man. Yeah, hey, I, I don't. I've never met this dude. I don't give a fuck about Judaism, baby. I'm from Rome. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's like I'm from a cultural hub, brother. Yeah, I. I, well, I don't know. I think that's all for this episode. I don't know about y'all, yeah. but we got we got to move on. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, this has been another exciting installment of Youth Group Survivor Support Group. Uh, I want to reiterate that if you have a survivor story, feel free to email us at YGSSG003 at email.com. You can find me on Twitter at DumDumDylan or at I'm a Simple Farmer. You can, uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Like the page. Just look us up, Youth Group Survivor Support Group. You'll find us. Uh, we tweet pretty regularly. And... Um, support those who are suffering in this time especially your 
your locals because they, they like making you things, especially live performers. They're doing it because they like doing it and they can't do it as well as they could. So, so find a way to support them and do it. Um, if I were better at having links to those things, I would tell you what they are, but I know you can find them with a simple search and you, you have that ability. Um, you can also check out audio, audio based content. You can look them up and go through their backlog. It's a great podcast. You can check out the uh, Freeform Fellas online. Uh, they've got good stuff. They host game nights sometimes, which is cool. Um, yeah, and I'll let my cohorts uh, plug their shit and anything else they want to talk about. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm Heyo, it's Becca on everything, H-E-Y-O. Um, for the foreseeable future, I don't know that I have any shows, so I don't know that I'm going to plug any of that right now. Um, I am unemployed because I'm a restaurant worker, so you can Venmo me at um, Becca-Stogner if you want to do that. We'll put that in a link, too. Yeah, if you want to Venmo Becca money, please <laughs> do. Yeah, put your Venmo in that. Um, I will send you a PDF file of my poetry book in exchange for money as well. Done that for a couple of people so far. I, th I think I might do that. Yeah, I might, too. Didn't I send you one already, like last year? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I feel like I did, but I mean, I can set it again. Um, other than that, uh, if you Google just YGSSG now, we also come up as the top result, which is pretty cool. Fuck. Okay. Ooh. I'll so take that. Yeah. Listen to Charlie's music. Oh yeah, definitely. More, <laughs> definitely more Charlie Allen music to come over the course of this conceivably mm -hmm. a lot yeah. so um <laughs> also uh, you know uh, I, i've been doing some or i did one but i intend to do more some shows just over live stream both on facebook live and uh instagram tv or whatever the fuck this app bullshit's called um <laughs> <laughs> sorry if that's yeah. mean sorry zuck I love you and I want to kiss you on the lips. Um, uh, so you can find that at uh, either Charlie Allen, if you just like look that up, that's my music page on Facebook or Charlie Allen American Landmark on Instagram. I'm the Piano Pest on Twitter. No, I'm at Piano Pest on Twitter. Um, honestly, you can listen to my music. I love to have money. But I don't know if I'm the most in need right now. You know what I mean? Stay the fuck home, <laughs> please. Um, and, you know, I, I also wanted to say that I think there's a reason that our fans are called survivors. You know what I mean? And we are going to make it through this. Even though I joke about being in hell very soon, I don't mean that. I think that we are going to come out of this um, in a new world, and it's going to be a better world. So... I've been wrong for, but I feel like this in a lot of ways is proof of concept of a lot of things that I feel like I've been saying. Um, so, you know, just stay strong, power through. I think that this is a time of, of planning and not of action. And we so rarely have times of planning. So um, I don't know, just take advantage of it, I guess I'd say. And also uh, like Rambo 3, um, this podcast is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters of Afghanistan. Um, and so, yeah, that's all I, that's all I got to say. All right, let's, let's dox out. <laughs> the first, 
Internet docs, baby. Oh, wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> first internet docs. I guess not the first. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Praise God from above. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Still buffering. Still yep. Buffering. <laughs>